You are listening to the Third and East Podcast Power Hour. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Third and East Podcast. This is Patrick Prendergast with Sloan Oil. Sloan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing pretty well. I'm sick of this shitty weather that we're having, everything, but I think everyone can, uh, you know, it's it's to be expected. It's January, man, and everything, but mm-hmm. hey, January is uh, arguably the best week, uh, best month for football, even though I'm not really crazy about uh, the NFC side, of course. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been disappointed in, um, in my predictions. I haven't been doing so well. But yeah. <laughs> there, there have been some, uh, there have been some decent games that have happened. Yeah, I, uh, I went four for four last week. Not to brag or anything. I think you went one, yeah, one for four, two for four. So it wasn't your. It was definitely not your best week or anything. Yeah, but, I didn't pick uh, the Bengals. I didn't go with my gut. I didn't. Go, I went with my gut on the Jags, and that was a mistake. I got the Forty ers right. And um, yeah, yeah. Well, not not doing so hot. <laughs> well, it's all good, you know. It ha- you know that was me last year, and everything. Where every time I, you know, how many times I've tried that in the Packers pick wrong. So here we go. But here we go. We're going to start off with recapping the four games uh, that happened uh, last weekend. Can we start off with the Saturday games, of course? Uh, we're going to start, of course, uh, with that Chiefs and Jaguars game. Chiefs looked like they had the game in hand for the most part. They jumped off. They jumped out to that, uh, what was it, 10 nothing lead uh, right to start and everything. And then, um, yeah, I think it was 10 nothing or whatever it was. And then uh, Jackson came right back, but then they got a 10-point lead. And then Mahomes went down with the injury. Uh, and he was actually, uh, he was limping. Uh, is that a knee injury? or I think it's a knee injury, correct? I've heard knee, yeah. That's what I've been told. Yeah. It's an upper knee injury. Definitely um, not putting a lot of – he was definitely limping around the end of the second half. I was uh, – at uh, the end of the first half, uh, he was pretty pissed at the sidelines. He came back. Uh, Chad Henney, of course, with that drive, uh, the Jaguars uh, got away. Uh, they Chiefs got away with um, the Jaguars uh, missing up uh, a tip pass. That could have been an interception. It would have been a pit six probably, uh, actually. Um, and this game was really uh, close for the most part. Um, you know, the Chiefs were the better team, but I think this, I think at the end of the day, I think, um, the, the story, you know, the story is going to be Mahomes and the injury, but to me, I don't think the media is giving, uh, Jacksonville one the credit that it deserves all year, but number two, I think, um, Jacksonville blew this game, uh, with the amount of opportunities that they had. No, absolutely. It was They've been a weird team all year. You know, they had that first win streak at the beginning of the year after dropping like two and four. Then they dropped four in a row, looked pretty bad. Then they started bouncing back and went on a really good run, really good hot streak. And again, they're ahead of schedule, but I will say this they way overperformed this year. And a couple of things had to go their way. Yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away their season or anything like that. Um, but this was not supposed to happen. I think they were predicted to win between four and seven games, somewhere in that oh, range. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, hats off to him. Good year. Good year. Um, hats off to Chad Henney, too. That's pretty remarkable. That's pretty remarkable that, you know, this. He comes in bone dry and just freeze a drive like that. Yeah. It really is incredible and everything. There is a um, reason that they keep these old veteran quarterbacks around. So a couple of plays stand out to, uh, for me in this game. The home hit was not dirty. 
I just want everyone no. to stop that. Mahomes hit was not dirty by any stretch of the imagination. People are just so soft nowadays. Uh, a couple of points stand out in this game uh, that really changed things. Uh, the potential um, big uh, 39-yard run, that, changed, that that set the tone for us, uh, in the fourth quarter. That was the biggest play for the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. Right. And that uh, got them that extra seven. That got that, that extra seven, which was uh, what turned out to be the difference in the game. A um, couple of plays that also stand out, the missed opportunities for the Jaguars. That tip pass by Chad Penny um, that was eventually dropped uh, where the other, the, other, you know, the other defender, um, if it wasn't for the other defender coming in, um, it probably would have been a pit six. I did talk about the Christian Kirk uh, dropped um, wide open bomb from Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's one that has to stand out because that's at least three points. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have um, Jamal Agnew uh, fumbling the football in the red zone. I mean, that was really the game. Uh, but, you know, these, uh, you know, the, the Jaguar, you know, it does show you that experience does matter in these playoffs. When you look at the numbers of this game, it was a very equally played game. I know people are going to say, oh, the, you know, the Jack, the Chiefs, uh, didn't, you know, the Chief, you know, Mahomes wasn't 100% and everything. You can't, you, it's football. It's, it's a sports. It's going to happen. Of course, and everything, but um, you know the, Jag- the Jaguars made two turnovers, and the Chiefs didn't make any turnovers. And the time position was dominated by the Chiefs, thirty-five minutes to twenty-five. That's the difference in the ball game. Those yes. two numbers. Absolutely, absolutely. Whenever you make more mistakes and you don't have the ball long enough to make up for them, it's just not going to end well. They got lucky last, you know, last week throwing four picks. That's most of the time, you don't come back from that, and they didn't seem to polish up their game that much. They played pretty sloppy in parts, but they overall played them pretty tough. I just, I think the Chiefs were just better prepared, better coached, and just executed better. Yep, I, no, I, and you know, the, you know, there's a reason why they're going to their what fifth straight um, AFC champ, championship team. This is a team that has been there. And done that here and everything. So there's a reason why, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're going to be, and there's a reason why uh, they are moving on. Yeah. I mean, better quarterback, better coach, better roster. Fewer mistakes. Absolutely. So we go to a game that was competitive, to a game that was absolutely uh, finished um, by the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter, with the Philadelphia Eagles just being completely all over the New York Giants. I think the Giants in that first half had like 50 total yards. It was something completely abysmal. I mean, uh, the Giants had just 227 yards, uh, 27 yards in this, in, in this game. This was a very brutal game for Jalen Jones, 15 or 27, 135 yards and, and a pick uh, really was set by the uh, going for it. On fourth down, I think when they were down seven nothing, they just could not recover. Um, Jalen Hurts having a great game, uh, six, you know, sixteen twenty four, one fifty four, two touchdowns, no picks, with um, thirty four on the ground and a touchdown. Devontae Smith really carried the load, six receptions, sixty one uh, yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Arias. he was going to be the top target. It's quite a thing for AJ Brown, believe it or not, um, but it was really the the things that really showed me in this game was the um, the Giants had to play a perfect game in order to beat the Eagles. The Eagles, you can just tell, are a better coached 
and right now, and there's the talent. It's just wait, you know, it's clearly evident for the three games this year. There's just there's just that much more talented than the New York Giants right now. Yeah, I mean that was a tough division. The NFC East was a lot tougher than I thought it would be this year. So I will give credit where credit is due on that. I think the Giants, you can kind of get away with some smoke and mirrors with a limited offense. But eventually you're going to run into a team that just has way too much talent at their disposal, and the Eagles do. I mean, they've, they've built up a pretty good roster over these last few years. Giants haven't. Giants have pretty much, they in the last probably four years, they've started over like three or four times. Eagles continue the dominance over them. I think out of the last 21 games, they've won 17 of them. Yep, but also keep in mind, you know, keep in mind too. Yep, and and that's the, and that's the point. That's the point in fact there and everything. You know, the Eagles have won a Super Bowl during that time. You know, ever since yeah. the Eagles won, right before the Eagles winning that Super Bowl, the Giants have been along with Jacksonville, the two worst teams in the league. You know, and the Jets; those are two of the three worst teams in the league. Um, during that five during this five or six year stretch, mm-hmm. um, since the you know, and the Eagles have been a fairly decent team, of course, you know, winning a Super Bowl during that run and everything, going, uh, winning, you know, going to an NFC uh, championship game, being the one seed and everything. So there's definitely going to be talent there and everything. Um, and then, you know, with the, you know, with the Giants and everything, that was a team that was supposed to win just three or four games, you know, four or five games uh, this year for, so for them to go um, nine, seven, and one uh, with a point, yeah, with with limited resources, they've had a pretty solid year. I think despite Daniel Jones having a bad playoff game, I think he still played fairly well. I mean he showed he showed a lot of promise in the Vikings game. I think he's had a he's had a couple bad games this year, but he's drastically improved. I don't think the Giants are gonna address the quarterback situation. No, I don't I don't think so either. I mean, I think they're gonna try to retain uh Daniel's uh Daniel Jones seems like he's going to be the answer on the Chief and everything, so I think that's where they're going to be going uh, with that here and everything. Um, Eagles are just a really tough team to play at home and everything. Um, I know Lane Johnson was uh, dealing with an injury. He looked like his, um, you know, he looked like his, himself and everything. Uh, Hassan Reddick on the defensive line just completely tore up the game. I mean, he was absolutely excellent. Uh, former Giant James Bradbury, of course, with that interception. Uh, Giants had to cut him. He says it was a giant fault. The Giants just couldn't pay him. Uh, that was the reason why he was cut and everything. And now this Eagles team is, you know, fully loaded. Team. They have there's a lot to like about this team on paper. Um, you know, we'll talk about it later on and everything. Are they going to be healthy enough? Uh, because they are dealing with some injuries. And Jalen Hurts in this team, yeah, he put up the numbers and everything, but those are not the numbers that are going to beat San Francisco. No, no. I mean, he at the end of the day, Hurts only had 154 passing yards. It, it was just, you know, but whenever you have, you know, so many successful plays on the ground, you don't have to throw that ball to mu- that much. But like you said, with the 49ers playing the way they are, that's not a formula the Eagles want to try to use. That It's just not, and I, I don't think it's going to work. But we'll get into that, you know, in a couple minutes here. Yep, absolutely. So then, um, Sloan, we go to the Bengals and Buff the Bills, which was, everyone thought, was going to be the marquee game of the weekend. Um, you know, these are two powerhouses. Um, 
Yeah, this is the rematch of the uh, South Monday Night Football game. So the Bengals look like they were dominating that first quarter. And um, in that game, until the play was suspended. And it just goes to show, I think the ba- I think the Bengals um, had something. It seemed like they had something to prove. I know the um, at the NFL scheduled that um, that offsite um, championship game uh, in Atlanta. I really hope that they don't put those championship games offsite. That that would be a terrible move. It wouldn't surprise me if the league does that going forward eventually, uh, just to make more money. But I think that would be a bad move overall. But the Bengals, simply put, dominated the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Um, in almost every facet. Um, and this was in the snow in Buffalo. Yeah, the Bengals are not known for being a really gritty team and everything all year. I know the the Bills had a bunch of injuries. They have not been the same team when Von Miller went down and when Micah Hyde went down. Right. They have that defense has not been the same, and that offense, Josh Allen, has turned all turned the ball over. You know, he only had, he only had one touchdown. I was on the round. That was on the run. The Bengals held him. You know, he had two hundred sixty five passing yards, but he had no touchdown. He had no passing touchdowns. The Bills only ran the ball 63 yards. The biggest discrepancy in this team, the Bengals, who were the 29th rushing team, they averaged about 85 yards on the ground. They ran 172 on the Bills, who are known for their run defense. Mm. Joe Mixon, 20 20 yards, 105 on the ground, and a touchdown. They 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 didn't have a rush over 21 yards. But they just pounded the football. They reminded me of the L.A. Rams and Arizona Cardinal game uh, in the playoffs last year where the Cardinals definitely had a lot of talent but showed up just looking unprepared and they looked beat up. And that's kind of what the Bills looked like. You know, you, you have Josh Allen who on the sideline the entire time just looks like he's not really focused, looks like he doesn't really want to be there. I know he's been banged up this year. Their defense is banged up. They've had not much of – there's not really a consistent run game from the Bills, you know, and I think that's going to be a problem that they need to address. But the Bills just weren't ready at all. You're, you're at home and you get bitch slapped like that. Like, this is – it was embarrassing. Yeah, and then uh, – and, and not only that, you had Stefan Diggs completely complaining like a little baby that he always is and everything yeah. to Josh Allen. So there's turmoil there in the Bills. And you thought that this was one of the best-run um, organizations in the league. And um, you can't say that right now. Um, you know, this is a team that's going to win. I mean, me personally, if Sean McDermott doesn't perform next year, um, I think there's going to be questions about them going forward. Um, there's questions about this team. This team is a win. This team is win now more than any team in the league right now. They need to win. They're going. This is a team that's going to have to make one more move in the off season here. Um, and, you know, to, in order to get them over the top. Von Miller says he wants to come back. Great. You never know if those type of ACL injuries. You know, people are going to be coming back. This team needs another piece in order to get over that hump. And I think they're going to need one more a receiver. Possibly a running, you know, I mean, a, a slot guy, a receipt, um, possibly a running back that could, you know, that could be a, you know, a pass catching back or even a power back. That's a, that's something that they really need. And then I think they need somebody in the secondary. Couldn't agree but more. 
Can we give some credit to Zach Taylor? Um, with him as a coach, because he completely he completely outmatched. Um, he completely outclassed and outmatched um, Sean McDermott in his game. And it seems like he is becoming one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, and a guy who inherited a team who were having a complete culture change were kind of stuck with an aging Andy Dalton, not a lot of draft picks, not a lot of talent left, Um, just not really a very well-run organization. The Bengals historically have not been run all that well. No, very poorly. Yeah, and he came into that had that really bad first year, showed promise in year two until Joe Burrow got hurt. And by year three, he goes to a Super Bowl, and it looks like he very well could go to another one. Oh, that, oh absolutely, definitely. I mean, the Bills were a six-point favorite in this game to be blown out by twenty by 17 points is just abysmal and everything. Joe Burrow now is um, his track record against Mahomes and, and Allen now. Um, is really quite impressive. So he's definitely become, you know, and remember, um, something that I'll make a point again, Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the NFL this year against the Blitz. He absolutely destroys. Good quarterbacks destroyed the Blitz. Joe Burrow annihilates it. Yeah. When you go 412 yards to 325, that rushing, that rushing, it, it was rushing um, that really set the tone. Um, for the Bengals, the Bills made eight penalties. You can't do that against a team like the Bengals who are on a nine, now ten game winning streak. Is it ten now? Yeah, it's Jesus. a ten game winning streak for the uh, including that playoff win. Yeah, it's a ten game winning streak for the Cincinnati Bengals. They are absolutely on fire, and they dominated possession and uh, and they won a turnover battle again. So. The Bengals are as hot as any team in the league. The question, you know, oh, they were missing three offensive linemen. That did not matter because I think that offensive line did a damn good job, especially when you run 172 yards and almost double your – you double your um, average on a season. And Joe Burrow only got sacked one time. You think your offensive line was a problem this game? Hell no. <laughs> All right, we're back. Yep. All right, so uh, just need a, a quick timeout there and everything. So now um, we go to the final game of the uh, of that window, and uh, it's of course the two. Uh, it renewed a old NFC rivalry uh, that was not divisional, but it's the Cowboys and the Um These are of course two of the marquee franchises in the NFL today. Uh, Dallas, um, obviously being the top wild card going into San Francisco. Um, and, you know, obviously the Cowboys coming off that very dominating victory against Tampa Bay. But now going into San Francisco to take up um, that 49 side that looked rusty in the first half. Um, and this was a very, very even game. It, I mean, I don't think a game can get as even as this, especially when I showed the stats in the fourth quarter uh, and the rushing yards. Um, were exactly the same. The pass yards are off by two. I mean, when you even looked at the totals, it was free 12 to 282, 199 passing to 206. Uh, you know, the difference on the ground was 113 to 76 for 49ers because of Tony Pollard's injury. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, if Tony Pollard doesn't hurt, I think the Cowboys win this game. I think that there's just a few. If a few things go their way, yeah, no, you you are correct there. If a couple things just fall into place, maybe you know better clock management from McCarthy. Um, yeah, that was that was bad, especially the um, especially with the uh, with the clock ticking with the punt. That was really bad. I mean, as a Packer fan, I know what clock management, how bad clock him and uh, clock management is just absolutely abysmal. Um, believe me, he is not a very good coach when it comes to that and everything. I mean, he's not he's not the thing we're happy, but he that what he that what fucking Oh god. <laughs> but you know, Tony Pollard's injury did set a tone or anything. Um, but um really if you're a Cowboys fan and I don't know why there hasn't been a lot of blame, what I mean, that's Prescott's two picks for the game. Especially that pick late in the first half. They are driving the ball. They are about to score. And he throws that interception um, to uh, Fred Warner, I believe. Yeah. And that, I mean, that changed all, that gave the 49ers the entire momentum. Um, the game changed at that at that very moment. Because then the, that was, you know, instead of going, going down nine to six, they could have made it an even, at least an even game if my, you know, hey, at least Maher can tick a field goal in this game, um, and everything. Yeah, his extra one of his extra point, his extra point was blocked, but yeah, at least he kicked two field goals at least. But if you, you if you score a touchdown there, you don't get to halftime with all the momentum, and that's a different ball game, folks. Yeah, um, and... that press um to me uh, really got exposed in this game. I think so too. I mean, whenever. Fred Warner picked off that pass. Fred Warner's a linebacker, and he was covering, I believe it was C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb wins that. It, 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 like, let's let's be real here. He's he's going to out-athlete Fred Warner every single time. And the fact that Dak just kind of tossed it up like, okay, you can't throw it to – you can't always throw to where the receiver should be. You need to throw it to where they need to go, Okay. And Dak just kind of seems to telegraph a lot of stuff and not really throw somebody open. That's always been my biggest problem with him. It's always been like my biggest pet peeve with him. He does not throw guys open. No, and, he does not. No, he does not. And to you know, the comparison, oh, you know, he's he's Kirk Cousins in a Cowboys jersey. He absolutely is. He is. Like, and he's been surrounded by good talent the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it's like you inherited the best offensive line, the top rusher in college football, Ezekiel Elliott, a weak division because NFC East was terrible, and in all fairness to in all fairness to Jason Garrett, a really offensive minded and quarterback minded head coach who was like, "How can I make this easy for this guy? You know, how, what what can I do?" Also, Jason Witten, Hall of Fame tight end, in his last few glory years, he had some good years with Des Bryant. And again, just a, a pretty solid backfield. Pretty solid. There was plenty of him to be successful early on, and it kind of tricked everyone. But there are some limitations to him. He's Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Kirk Cousins. But let's stop acting like the the media wouldn't be so enamored with Dak Prescott if he wasn't on the Dallas Cowboys. 
and you knew Dallas wasn't going to be able to run the ball that effectively against, of course, that four hours season. Oh, God, no, 21 yards in the second half or something like that? It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think Tom Moore's play calling wasn't the best down the stretch either. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, everyone jokes about that last play of the game, but, you know, that's – you know, you can't, you know, if you're Dak Prescott and that team, you can't put yourself in that spot. If you're Mike McCarthy, you with your timeouts and your, um, you know, your clock management, you can't put yourself in that spot. You know, Brock Purdy, you know, he outplayed Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he didn't throw any interceptions. He went 19 and 29, 214. Dak went 23 to 37, 206. You know, the Dallas defense, my opinion, quite exceptional. You know, Dick. You know, we talked about how the Dallas defense in the last few weeks, you know, in, in the month of December, wasn't playing very well. But they looked good against Tampa Bay, and they they shut they did pretty damn good against the Forty Nineers uh, last weekend. Right. It was. I mean, they when you held Christian McCaffrey to just fifty-seven all-purpose yards, sure he scored a touchdown, but that's a good job. Yeah, the defense played pretty well. They held a running team to 113 yards running. That's a pretty good game. Like I said, these these stats are so equal with this game. This game could have gone either way. It was penalties with Dallas, and it was the two. It was the two intercept. It was the two interceptions. I know the 49ers did have that fumble um, from the punt or kickoff return that, uh, that cost and everything. But this was a very close game that could have gone either way. But yeah, I am happy competi- to see Dallas. It was competitive to the end. I am happy to see Dallas lose just because the just shut up Cowboy fans. Yeah. It's time for them to be realistic. I mean, this is going to keep happening. Absolutely. So some, um, since that's um since in two weeks we're gonna be doing our Super Bowl preview show, I figured we um take a little bit of a shift in a direction here and everything. Um and we're gonna talk about the NFL award nominees today. Alrighty. And give our picks um here. Um give me one second here, I'm just gonna pull that up. And I do also want to talk about um, – I also do want to talk about uh, the Hall of Fame really quickly too. So, so real quickly, comeback player of the year. Your nominees are Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. Um, I think it has to be Geno Smith here. I agree. I mean, I think he – I think Saquon played pretty well. But – the Seahawks were written off immediately. As as soon as they traded Russell, and they were like, well, who are we going to roll with? Uh, we're going to roll with Geno Smith. And they were like, ooh. They were pretty much to be a two-win team. They traded, Gino, they traded Russell Wilson for Geno Smith, and Geno Smith broke Russell Wilson's, uh, Russell Wilson's passing records for a single season. Oh, that's, well, how good Gino, that's how good Geno Smith was this year. Oh, he was, no, he, he was already there. They got Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Drew Locke. yeah, he was already he was already in the building, but just think, just think of it, think of a trade in a way. Yeah, yeah, there. Everyone in Seattle was burning their jerseys and saying, "What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing?" Even though I think what Russell Wilson missed the last two seasons of yeah. of playoffs, um, he, he they didn't make the postseason the last two years. 
last year, and then they got they, they got destroyed by the Rams uh, two years. That's ago. what it was. Okay, I was like, hold on. So a game that were a game that they were heavily favored. I remember that game. Yeah, it was That's, really ugly for them. And in all honesty, Russell Russell Wilson hadn't really been playing all that great. He was showing his age. He was showing that he was kind of falling apart. But Seattle immediately wrote off Geno Smith. The NFL wrote off Geno Smith. Everyone kind of forgot about this guy. Yep. So, easiest. this is probably the easiest um, award, um, I'm not going to lie, for Defensive Rookie of the Year. You have Terry Goldwyn of the Seattle Seahawks. You have Aiden Hutchinson of the Detroit Lions. Um, if you don't say Soft Starner in the New York Jets, you're an idiot. Sean yeah, Carter is the easiest rookie of the year candidate. He is borderline top five defensive player right now. That's how good he was this year. Yeah, I think the only one who could arguably even come within striking distance of winning it would be Aiden Hutchinson, but he's not going to. Now, if Aiden Hutchinson turned in the last four games into a year, then it would have been Aiden Hutchinson. And by the way, I just want to call you out, Song. You mm-hmm. did not like Sauce Gardner as a as a draft pick and everything, and he proved you damn wrong. No, I'm not sold yet. I I don't think he's that good, actually. Uh, um, well, no. <laughs> he, he, he's in the right he's in the right system there. This is probably one of the toughest ones um, to grade. Offensive Rookie of the Year. We have Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. Brock Purdy got into there, and Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. I think it will go to Derrick Wilson because of longevity. He was absolutely excellent. And ever he played with Zach Wilson, uh, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. Yeah, he, and he still wound up. Against. He still wound up with eleven hundred receiving yards. He had a lot going against him. He really did. He really did. Kenneth Walker, as as cool as he was, I just I, man, I didn't hear about him as much as I heard about Garrett Wilson. But Not if for, I'm if I'm gonna be honest half. with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it kind of it kind of tapered off. Well, the Seahawks tapered off too, as far as their offensive you know performances go. But why would I? Why would we pass over a guy who won five straight games, had a better passer rating than both of the other quarterbacks you had on the list, has won a playoff game? I'm sorry, has won yeah, has won a playoff game. And could potentially get you to the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it should go to Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I don't think he, I don't think he's played that long. That's I know. Uh, and, and, that, and that's and, fair. And, and there's too much talent around him. I think that's the reason why too. Um, what did Zach? What did Darryl Wilson? He had absolutely no talent around him. Sure, his team didn't make the playoffs, but the Jets aren't even playoff. They aren't even contention for the wild card spot. Yeah. They were in a position. Wilson. They were in a position because of him, because yes. he once. Um, oh God, the the running back they drafted at Iowa State. I feel so bad. Brees With, Hall. Brees oh, Hall. God. Once he went down, he could. He arguably could have gone on a good run and been the rookie of the year. But we'll never know. But once he went well, down, Garrett Wilson was the only one there. Yep, that's correct. All right, we got a few. We got four or five more awards uh, we got to get to. So let's try. Uh, Coach of the year. You got Brian Dayball of the New York Giants, mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, and Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Peterson. It's Doug Peterson to me, uh, especially with that run 
um, to go, you know, to start three and eight or whatever the hell it was to make the playoffs. Um, it's Doug Peterson, especially with a team that um, finished last in the NFL back to back years. It's Doug Peterson, and I don't think it's even close. No, um, I don't think so either. Defensive player of the year. They're saying come down to these three um, players. Uh, this is going to be a pretty tight award. I'm not going to lie between two players. So Chris Jones has been on. Uh, it's Chris Jones on the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Nick Bosa of the 49ers and Mika Parsons. Oh, man. That is, this is a very talented group. I think it's going to go to Nick Bosa uh, with his leadership. He had 18 and a half sacks this year. Um, I just want to give an honorable mention. If J.J. Watt played the hell, um, all year, he would have been defensive player this year. Not even close. Never heard of him. Um, <laughs> T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. T.J. Oh, T.J. Watt. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you, I thought you said J.J. Watt. I always said, I always said this. It's one fucking letter. Yeah, but, but you are correct. No, you, you are correct. I think if he was healthy, they would have um, – They then he would be very at least in the conversation – uh, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to go to Bosa. I think I think it will go to Bosa. All right. Now, Offensive Player of the Year. The four, we have four candidates for this award. We have Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill. Oh, I, I got to go with Justin Jefferson. I... I would go Justin, I, you know, because because it's a regular season award. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to get the nod. I think Jalen Hurts is going to come second here in a close one. Yeah. I don't think Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. I think he's an. I think he can be offensive player. Of the year. No, absolutely, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100. percent I think he had a really phenomenal year. They put a pretty good team around him, but nonetheless, he knew how to use it and he got the best out of them. So I can't take that away from him. And um, yeah, I, I just see him get getting edged out by Jefferson. If Jefferson didn't kind of fall off in those last two or three games, he would have broke the two thousand yard mark. Absolutely. Final award we have is Patrick uh, is going to be MVP. We have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. And I'm going to say, um, I. If, I, I think the media is going to try to make the Jalen Hurts in a way. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think there's a lot of momentum going his way without losing, without losing, with losing Tyreek Hill to throw for a career high 5,250 yards and 41 touchdowns uh, to be a top team in the AFC. Um, you know, asterisks, but um, they're the best. Um, I think this has been one of the finer seasons. Yeah, I think so too. I think the only one who could possibly Again, maybe hold a candle to him would be uh, Hertz or maybe Burrow. But I, I think it is going to be Patrick Mahomes' uh, award Absolutely. again. Absolutely. So then, Sloan, let's uh, break it down. Um, I just wanted to uh, mention um, our um, – I'm not – so I'm gonna, we're going to talk really quickly here about uh, – since we're going to be um, – it will be coming up. Um, actually, we're going to talk – let's talk about the Hall of Fame here. Since we're going to do a whole big Super Bowl show in two weeks, that's going to start to cover the, you know, wrapping up the conference championship games and obviously the uh, Super Bowl. That's going to take up the whole show. We'll talk briefly about um, the uh, finalists uh, for 
uh, the um, Hall of Fame. Alrighty. So, so um, the senior finalists are um, Chuck Cowley, Joe Cueto, Ken Riley, and Don Coriel. I would love Don Coriel if he gets in. I just, I absolutely, definitely, 100% believe that he um, is serving dead in. Hopefully, he does get in. Following players are going to be um, the, the finalists here. And you can give me your opinions um, on um, just a quick blurb if you want, or if you think they are going to get in. Uh, there are going to be uh, uh, some of, there's going to be three years that are on their first year of eligibility this year. I'll give those players first. Dwight Freeney. Defensive no. Defensive end, no, for the Indianapolis Colts. I think he gets in next year. Yeah, I don't think this is his year. First year is very tough to get in. It's, it's yeah. Goal football is extremely tough to get in. Darrell Revis, the most famously the quarterback in the New York Jets, I think he will get in that first year. Um, I think he will get in this year. I think a guy who is slated to get in is Joe Thomas, the, the left tackle of the Cleveland Browns. I think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he is too. It, it does. It's not a sexy position playing left tackle your entire career. He was that good. And he, he was, was on that good. Bad. He was on bad Cleveland Browns. He was. There were years where he was the only Pro Bowler. So not a lot of people. Not a lot of people watched him on TV. But if you did, you got to see a lot, lot, lot come from a guy who never played on a good team, and who played. I think he had the record for most consecutive snaps. Yep. Not games, but snaps. He had he because of course Eli Manning has the record for games, but he um he had he had to come out a couple plays. Joe Thomas, up until his last year where he I think tore up his knee or something like that, or his quad, he never missed a play. That's remarkable. He's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And he's one of the greatest tackles of all time. By the way, the most incentive uh, streak by a quarterback is uh, is Brett Favre. It's not Eli Manning, but Eli was number two. Just wanted to give, give you for the record. It is. Are you sure about that? Yes, Favre started. Just as a Packer fan, this one I will defend it or anything. Brett Favre started two hundred ninety-seven straight starts. That is unbelievable. He's the most all-time. But most consecutive. Yes, most consecutive. I'm Googling this. 321 if you include the playoffs. Nope, says Eli Manning. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we have. So now, uh, let's go through uh, really quickly. Just say yes or no if you're going to get in this year or next. Oh, uh, you see, you didn't say they're going to get in this year, or you're going to say uh, they will eventually. Okay. Darren Woodson, Cowboys safety. Mm. To me, I don't think he's going to get in. To me, he was a good player, not a great player. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if um, it won't be this year or next year, but later on down the road, I think he does sneak in, but not anytime soon. Patrick Willis. Yes, not this year, but next year. I have a tough time with Patrick Willis because he was only a seven-year pro. That's very short. Yeah, he was excellent. 
this is he's either going to get in very late or he's going to get in on the senior year committee 20 years from now. It's going to be very close. Right. Uh, Reggie Wayne. Yes, I do think he's going to get in. Uh, not, not this year. I think it is going to be this year. I think he will get in. I don't know, man. He, he always had good quarterbacks. Uh, he was in a wide-open system with no run game, played in a – Consistent, 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 consistent. Yeah, I, I guess that does count for something, but he had a Hall of Fame quarterback and he had a guy who was a multi-time Pro Bowl whenever, who replaced Dang, him. Again, to your credit, Tory Holt is, uh, is on this list and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. I think he's better than Reggie Wayne. I I, I, I would put him – I would put Tory Holt over Reggie Wayne. I think neither of them get in this year, though. No, eventually, potentially. So I, t- I did take that one back there. I think your boy Andre Johnson does he get in this year? That's a tough one. I my, think he will eventually get in. My head says no, but my heart says yes. So I'm gonna. Follow that. I'm going to say does get the, the pro football. Uh, I'm going to say does get so, in this year. The, the only problem with the pro football hall of fame is they're so lenient when it comes to people getting in. When you're on that finalist list, you almost are guaranteed eventually get in. It's really that. Yeah, it, it, even if it's not this year, it would definitely be either next year or the year after. Um, this for this one's a t- this one's a tough one for well, me. The the thing that the thing that hurts him. Not a lot of people watched him. No one was yeah. no, no one was watching the Texans back then. But it was, it was really crazy to see a guy who went through quarterback after quarterback, went through multiple offensive coordinators, had just rough situations, and didn't really get – honestly, like never had a franchise quarterback. He never played with one. He never got that. He never no. got that. To me, he's like – he's almost like a – The lack of oh he doesn't have a hundred touchdowns so what that that doesn't mean that much to me he has he still has a decent amount he put up yeah. a shit ton of yards he put up a shit ton of catches he has one of the highest catching percentages of all time and people can say oh well the Texans you know he was their only target so he got a bunch of shit thrown to him I saw this guy get double and triple covered and he still came up with big plays I saw him toss Patrick Peterson Richard Sherman Akeem Talib Darrell Revis. I've seen him ragdoll all of those guys mm-hmm. like they're children. Yeah. I watched every single one of his pro games mm-hmm. so when he was, when he was a Texan. So to me, I think he deserves to get in this year. My head is telling me it won't happen because just, that's just kind of people just don't seem to know enough about him, but couple I think guys, he gets in. A couple of guys on this list um, that you may or may not know. Uh, Zach Thomas, linebacker, most famous offense oh, nice. last year with the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't think he. I don't. I, fringe Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to get in. I don't think he gets in. I think he was a great player, but I, I don't think he gets in. If he does, it's going to be like what you said with Patrick Willis. It'll be like twenty years down the road. I think that's a lot of that guy who was a very underrated corner. Um, played most of his career with the Chiefs. Finished his career with the Raiders. Albert Lewis, the great special teamer. Corner. Not this year, no. He will get in eventually. Yeah, he was he was a true overall player. He was a true overall player. I think he will get in. He was a good. He was a decent corner, but not a great corner. But special teams, he was. Well, if you ever watched that documentary on the Chiefs' special teams that one year and everything, 
of how they almost made the playoffs on or they made the playoffs on the special teams mm-hmm. only. You've got to watch that video. It's one of the best on YouTube. It's really incredible. I think we watched um, it at the office one time. Yeah, it's on. It's insane. Um, Devin Hester is uh, on Oh yeah. Um, not this year, no. Next year, a, maybe. To me, it's not be the year and everything. To me, it's tough for me to put a punt returner only on there. It's very difficult. I think you will get it over time and everything. Not this year for me. Um, Willie Anderson, the offensive tackle for the Bengals, uh, finishes career with the Ravens. I don't really know too much about Willie Anderson. I'm going to say no. I, I don't. I, I hate to admit it. I don't know much about him either. He was on some really bad Bengals teams. I mean, really, really bad. Um, now, two guys that we both know the names of. Um, these are, I think these both of these guys will get in. Um, Jared Allen. Yes. He will get in. I don't know when. Um, it could be. It, he could be a candidate this year. I don't know if he gets in uh, this year. It's, I think he will be. It's it's really 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 hard for a defensive end to get in first ballot. There's only a few that it's happened to. He was not first ballot though. This oh, so third, this is his third year on the ballot. Really? Oh my God, um, I would say third time's a charm, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know if it happens this year. Now, this is a guy I'm surprised who's not in the Hall of Fame yet. This is now his what? His sixth year on the ballot. Uh, Rondé Barber. To me, he's a Hall of Famer. To me, yeah, uh, he's. I can't. I'm with you. I can't believe he's. It's he's a guy I forgot that he's been on the ballot so long. I kind of thought he already was, but but yeah, I, I don't I don't know why he's not there. He played his entire sixteen years. He had forty seven. Yeah, forty seven picks, but he had fifteen forced fumbles and he had fourteen touchdowns. Damn. <laughs> as a, as a corner, put the guy in. That he was a legendary part of that defense. Um, you know, he'll be the third or fourth guy. I mean, he'll be the fourth member of that defense they get in, which is just an unbelievable feat uh, for an all-time defense like that. Get Rondé Barber in. Please. Yeah, let's let's be real. Let's get him in there. Not Tiki. Anyone but Tiki, though. No, Tiki doesn't sucks. deserve it. Tiki does not deserve it. Tiki sucks. All right. Now, Sloan, it is time to break down the conference championship games. Alrighty. Perfect. So, two of the most important games of the entire year. We start off in the NFC Sloan because that's going to be the first game. Three o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock your time in the Central. We have this visiting San Francisco 49ers. I mean, how, how, how sweet is it? I think these are truly the four team, best teams left in the playoffs. I mean, they, I mean four best teams left in the playoffs. These might be the four best teams um, the entire year. Which is really a, um, it's never been a fitting um, conference championship weekend to me. Yeah, the 49ers going in red hot against the powerhouse 14 and free Eagles. Eagles are going to be a two and a half point favorite. 46 and a half is going to be the over under. So they're expecting this to be a fairly defensive team. You have bid cock Brock Purdy going up against Jalen Hurts. 
you have um, the third-ranked Philadelphia Eagles offense going over against, of course, that first-ranked San Francisco 49ers defense, the eighth-ranked 49ers uh, offense going up against the fourth-ranked Eagles defense. Eagles are the number one in uh, secondary in the NFL, where the um, where um, the 49ers um, are the best are are the second best uh, team against the rush. All year. This it, is going to be a really close, I big strength. That, yeah, I think this is going to be the best game of the entire weekend uh, between the two games. I think this is going to be a very close team. I know I have bashed the Eagles all year. Um, with their soft schedule and everything, this is going to be a close game. No, it definitely will. Um, it's tough to win in Philly. Really, really difficult to win in Philly this time of year. Team, you do not want to play on the road in January at all. The 49ers have to travel all across the country um, to do it. They look at the weather in Philadelphia. It's, you know, we, we, we're going to have to look at weather now and everything. It's going to be a nice 52 degrees. Weather is not in play, really, in this game. No, the question is, the question, you know, a lot of, you know, I know the pundit that I read, he loves the Eagles in this game um, because he doesn't think the 49ers offensive line is better than Dallas. Uh, you know, better than Dallas. And, you know, that, you know, the 40, he thinks the Eagles offensive line is better than Dallas. I'm like, well, you can't really make the difference between the two because it's any given seven day here. Uh, to me, it's you know, Nick Bosa. Yeah, sure, he just you know he you know he shut down everything. But now, I mean, you know, Wayne Johnson shut down um, the um, Giants. You know, Terron Thibodeau, and now he has to go because Nick Bosa. Yeah, there's so many pieces to this Niners defense. The quest, the Eagles are to my, to my you know, protect the run game. The run game, if the Eagles average four yards or four yards um, a run, they win this football game. Um, it's going to be the 49ers secondary. Um, that's going to be the test in this game. The 49ers are very, very good at shutting down tight ends. The Eagles are actually are exposed against tight ends. And of course, you have George Hill. The 49ers are good against a, are, are a good running team. The Eagles are the 16th Frank rushing attack. I like the 49ers to win this game by three. It's going to be a close game. I'm going to give my prediction right now. It is going to be a 24. I'm going to give it 23-20 49ers victory in Philadelphia. I have the same point spread. I, I, I have it being like a 20-17 to 17 game. But I think the Eagles rely a lot on getting the run game going to really open up the passing game for Hurts and all those receivers. And I don't think the 49ers are going to let that happen. I think I've, I've seen the Eagles struggle against the run enough to know that the 49ers can put up some yards on them. And I got to roll with the hot hand. I mean, Hurts missed those two games. The soft schedule. Brock Purdy, he's had to overcome a lot. He's had to overcome a lot this year. They've had to move around a couple of pieces in the backfield. They've had multiple injuries, but I think they're going to be better coached. I think overall they still have a better roster. And despite playing in a tough, tough, tough stadium, I think they win by a field goal. I think it – I don't think it's an ugly game. I think it's slow-paced at first. I think it's very technical. I think both teams are going to try to eat up the clock. 
But I just think the 49ers are going to be able to pull it out. I think they have a better offensive line and a better run game. And I think overall they just have, the, to me, a better team. And to me, they have experience. Um, that's a team that has uh, that, you know, what, two, you know, three years ago, lost the Super Bowl. It's a team that went to the NFC Championship game and lost. That's a team, that's a, they're a hungry team. Um, I, and I know I bash Kyle Shanahan all the time for his coaching. Um, to me, he's, to me, he's a better coach. I, I am not sold on this Sirianni as a head coach. Uh, I think this Sirianni inherited a very talented roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to me, I don't, Jalen Hurts, if he was, a, you know, I don't think he's 100% yet. You can definitely tell when he's scrambling out of the pocket last weekend at the Giants. He's not 100% when, run, when running the football. And that's a, and that's a, and that's a challenge. And now AJ Brown's going to have to, you know, respond to one of his worst teams of the year. Sure, the Eagles were, uh, way, you know, just absolutely destroy, uh, destroying the Giants in the interim. But you know, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, um, to me against that, that uh, you know, it's the Eagles receivers that are going to have to make a difference in this game. Um, you know, it very well could still, but they're going to have to get some, you know, you know, the 49ers are going to contain Jalen Hurts. They're going to, especially with that talent in their front seven. Their front seven is the best in the league. And it's not even close. The question, you know, can the Eagles get to Brock Purdy? To me, if a team, if any of these teams leads this game by two scores, they win the football game. There is no comebacks in this game um, by either of the teams. If no. a team gets up by 10 points, they will win the game. Yeah, I think especially now if it's if it's middle of the third, late in the third, I'm with you. If they go up ten points, that's it. To, my, to me, it's gonna be a very well played. It's gonna be a very well played game. Uh, looks like it's gonna be okay in Philadelphia weather wise. It's just gonna be cloudy. You know, it's gonna, you know it's gonna be a relatively easy day there. So all good sides to come. I think I mentioned this to you whenever we um whenever we cover the Eagles and Texans. Jalen Hurts does this thing that is kind of a kind of his Achilles heel. If his first read isn't there, he tries to run. And I just don't think he's gonna be allowed to do that against the 49ers. No. I've, 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 this is a 49ers secondary I know is soft, but they've been playing better of late. Yes, I, 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 I think um, your boy Amico Ryan's is going to create so many. You know, he they, he has so much talent at his disposal. Their steam is excellent. They're going to decide coverage. It's going to give Jalen hurts. So hurts. Ayo. <laughs> so to me, call me Eagles hater because I am. I hate the Eagles. They're the worst. I hate the Eagles. I respect the hell out of that team, this, what they've done this year. This, I mean, for an Eagles team, they're actually fairly likable. But I'm going to go with the 49ers. And I hate the 49ers. Believe you me, I hate the 49ers. <laughs> Philadelphia is at least a better city than San Francisco. I hate, yeah, I hate the 49ers fan base, but I like Kyle Shanahan. I like Brock Purdy. Yeah, I got to watch him, you know, play. Yeah, at, I, I, know, I have him for Brock Purdy. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. I, I mean, he's been playing. I mean, he's been. He, I mean, he's been playing great and everything. And you know, Christian McCaffrey's a good story because you know, you know, 
being a dungeon there and everything, you know, hurt last year and everything. Now, you know, he's been he's been just killing it for them. You know, it's 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 just sort. Of, I think I think Brent Warner's one of the uh, most underrated defensive players in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, just watch him in that Dallas game. That was phenomenal. And I know he didn't get any nods for Defensive Player of the Year this year, but I'm with you. I think he's one of the most under-the-radar, underrated, just kind of underappreciated defensive players in the NFL. Is there a better line – is there a better – just be hard to say Mika Parsons. Is there a better middle line – yeah, because he's, he's an edge rusher. Is there a better middle linebacker in the league than Fred Warner? No no, Mika Parsons no. could not cover a receiver, and I saw Fred Warner do that multiple times in that Dallas game. Fred Warner is an absolute stud, and that's you know look look at look at the last twenty years for the 49ers with middle linebackers. It's the record speaks for themselves. They know how to produce. Yes. So then, um, we go to the AFC Championship game, which in the media eyes is the Super Bowl. Yes, you have Joe Burrow. And as it's saying, Bengals running that 10-game winning streak going into Kansas City. It's going to be freezing cold in Kansas City. It's going to be like 28 degrees. With Patrick Mahomes and that gimpy knee with the Chiefs trying to defend, trying to go back to the Super Bowl for, what, their third time in four years or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Crazy for them. We break this matchup down, Spawn. Bengals right now, believe it or not, so she's opened up a one-and-a-half point favorite. The Bengals are now a one-point favorite. Yep. Because of the Mahomes injury. 47-and-a-half is the over-under as of right now. Wait, what, what is the over-under? 47-and-a-half. I'll take the over on that. Yeah, you, you, say, you say that, though. I'm just saying you say that. Because it's they're trying to tempt you with that. Number one scoring offense in the Chiefs, they're averaging 424 yards a game as of the healthy Mahomes, of course. Um, going up against that 12th ranked Bengals defense, who is very they're secondary suspect, but they have two very underrated safeties, and they're and Henderson and Hubbard are playing very very well right now. Sound ranked Bengals offense. Going up against that 17th ranked Cincinnati defense. It screams like it's this game screams that's going to be even on paper. And very well put. The Bengals are 3 0 in our last three games against Kansas City. Remember that AS, you know, remember the, the AFC Championship game? The Chiefs had that game, especially in the first half last year, and they blew that game. They did. And the Bengals took it away from them with a second half resurgence, and they never saw it coming. When these two teams played um, in the middle of the year, the Bengals outplayed the Chiefs to a 27-24 victory. But that game was in Cincinnati. But the Bengals came back again, 10 points down. That was of a healthy Mahomes. That was in the midst of this Bengals winning streak. What do you see happening here, Sloan? I see it kind of turning into a little bit of a shootout. And I'm I'm predicting the Bengals here also. 
Not just because of the Mahomes injury. I think even if he was healthy, the Bengals would still win this. I agree with you with that. Yeah, the, I think the Bengals, like the, like you said, they've gotten hot when they need to. They've started to run the ball better when they need to. And Joe Burrow is still playing pretty well. He's being protected a little bit better this year. Not much, but <laughs> but enough to get them to this point. And, I, yeah, I, I, I see them winning this like 38-35, 38-34. Too high. That is way too high. I have this thing. I have this game being lower than people think. Um, I think these both of these defenses will get some respect and everything. I do have the Bengals winning this game, twenty-seven to seventeen. Ten uh, points. Think, yes. Uh, I'm gonna say this. I think the Mahomes injury is real, especially if the the bank. I don't. I don't trust the the Chiefs' offensive line that much. Um, one. Number uh, the Bengals pass rush has been really improving. That Bengals defense is starting to really play. Between yes, Henry, Jesse Bates in the secondary. I forget who the other uh, I forget who the other safety is. Um and uh, and Hubbard uh, and sit on the offense on the defensive line. They are a sneaky sneaky unit. They've been all year. Especially during this during this win streak and everything, um, you see them make plays. I mean, they will stuff out that huge run game, especially if Mahomes is uh, whipping. You know, boom, right there. Remember, Chiefs are set, are the 16th in defense. Bengals are top five scoring defense in the NFL this year. I'm going to keep in mind. Bengals off Bengals offensive line. Doesn't matter. I know it's Chris. I know it's Chris Jones and um, Frank Clark there on the defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs going up against that. Oh, quote unquote, banged up Bengals defense uh, offensive line. What did the? Let me ask you something. What did the Bengals do against the Chiefs last year against uh, a Bengals um, poorest offensive line last year? Oh, they hit the hell out of Mahomes. They beat Kansas City twice. Yeah. They beat Kansas City twice. Did they beat them twice last year? They beat them twice last year. Jesus. With not a so-called, not a better offensive line, but still not a good one. What did the Bengals do to Kansas City this year? They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And to me, Joe, remember, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, Loves to blitz. Loves to blitz. Joe Burrows is head and shoulders in quarterback brain this year. The best quarterback against the blitz this year, far and away. Yes. I love the Bengals in this matchup. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he he led the league last year too. Yes, that's correct. And even if Mahomes was fully healthy, I would still pick the Bengals to win this game. Yeah, in a higher scoring affair, but I love the Bengals in this game. I think that they're, yeah. I think they're a better team. I think Zach Taylor is a still as much as I like Andy Reid, he's still not that great at clock management. All the Chiefs do is just kind of run away with it a little bit. I mean, they just they just put up a shit ton of yards and a shit ton of points. He's still Bengals. not that great at managing the clock. It's the Bengals, the, they just score the, enough to where he can finally not really worry about it. 
but thank you. <laughs> but and thank I like you. Andy Reid, I do. But that's that's pretty much what's been going on the last three years. Zach Taylor is a much better clock managing head coach from what I've seen. I've seen enough of him to know, okay, whenever they get a lead, they know how to close it out, whether it be with these short passing games, whether it be with a run that they can do at the opportune time. It's kind of it's it's weird. You know, I know we've talked about they're 29th in rushing. And I think they average like 85 yards a game total on the ground. I would be very eager to see how much of that comes in the third or fourth quarter. But what 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 Sam Piron Piron did against the uh, Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game? His his touchdown set the tone for the game. You know, Joe Joe Mixon looks like he has a spurt a burst of speed. It was because of bad offensive line play. If Joe, if Joe if Joe Mixon actually had room to run, he's he's a top five running back in this league for heaven's sakes. Yeah, yeah. I, Jamar, I, I don't blame him for their lack of yards per game. I really don't. Like I, you have Joe you have Joe Mixon. You have you know you have Sam Perine who's who's assuming more duties, but he's a very good PPR back. He is, and you have and you have Jamar Chase, who is who just makes play after play. T. Higgins is as brilliant a receiver as you're going to get in this league. I mean, there's so many things to like about that Bengals team and everything. The Chiefs have not, to me, the reason why I'm picking against the Chiefs. One, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of the media with the Chiefs. Number two, I don't think they're that good. I think they've overachieved this year. I don't. I. I think that. I think. That, um. You know, their division wasn't as good as everyone thought they were going to be. Bengals didn't play a great division as well. So what? Bengals are a higher team right now. But the most important fact of the matter is, wasn't the Chiefs teams this year? They have yet to play a complete game all year. Yes. They have been bailed out by Mahomes. Every time. Year long. And when Mahomes doesn't play well, it's been the defense. Now they're playing up against a Bengals team that is better, that is very well coached. Almost, you know, if there's any coach that shouldn't be as good as any reason this league, it might be Zach Taylor. You have Joe Burrow, who is equally, if not better, than Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to put that out there. If you look at that team top to bottom, with talent, Take away Mahomes, the Bengals are the better team on, on paper. Yes. That's why I'm rolling with the Bengals. I'm, I'm rolling with the Bengals. I, I won't roll them by 10, but I will roll with them to win this in a on the road. Again, for, for, what would you say, fourth time in a row? Yep. It'll be 11. If they win this game, it'll be 11. 11? What? Yeah, if, if they win this game, it'll be 11 in a row for the Bengals. Oh, as a team. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I was like, wait, hold on a minute. Yeah, as as far as Joe Burrow as a starting quarterback goes, he's this would be his fourth win in a row over Mahomes. That's pretty also, wild. To be to be fair, too, and everything, I know we're running out of time here and everything. I also picked the Bengals and the Point Niners at the start of the playoffs to make the playoffs. So I I mean, going to make the Super Bowl. So I got to my prediction naturally. I have to. Yeah, we we got to roll with the Bengals right now. They're right now they're my pick. Yep. Finally, so before we get out of here, 
Any crazy predictions uh, you have for this wildcard weekend? Joe Burrow throws five touchdown passes. Oh, that's crazy prediction. I don't know if I'm going to. All right. Um, one for each team for me. I'm going to go. Um, George Kittle has. Um, over 100 yards receptions with one touchdown. I mean, 100 over 100 receiving yards, one touchdown. And in the AFC, I'm going to say Jamar Chase has over um, 125 yards and two touchdowns. Nice. Oh, well, I guess I'll give one for the NFC. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a bad game. Yeah. Bad. B-A-A-A-D. He's not having a bad game. He might have just picked the boy as well. Just saying. Well, no, I can't do that because I don't think I, I still don't think it would be perfect. Well, that is going to wrap everything up for us uh, for this week's uh, podcast. Uh, song here and everything. Uh, like I said before, everyone, be sure to uh, follow us. Uh, follow me on Twitter, of course, and then as well as uh, listen to us here on Anchor on Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts. We're going to be back. Uh, we're going to take the week off next week um, because there's just not a lot to talk about. We're going to be back in two weeks to recap these conference championship games. If there's any um, breaking news in the NFL, we will be sure to keep, uh, catch you up on it. And then, of course, um, preview Super Bowl. I don't even know what the hell the number is anymore. Is it 57? I think it is. It's got to be, yeah, because 50 was in the 2015 season. Yep, so it's going to be Super Bowl 57. So that is going to do it for us here in the meantime. So until then, see you next time. It'll be good. Thanks for having me. Thank you.